guys and welcome to the my pursuit podcast my name is mike and i'm your host for the podcast and uh just i'm going to warn you right off the top uh this is going to be a little bit different episode a lot different episode than what we generally do uh generally what we do is uh the episode is done in two parts where i record the first part at the beginning of a week the second part at the end of the week and uh, what, what I do is I tell you at the beginning of the week what my devotion is from Scripture that I'm going through. Um, and I do this for a reason, uh, because what I do at the end of the week is I share with you, as I've tried to live this out in the real world, like working a full-time job out in the world, uh, what does it look like if I actually literally interpret, not always literally, but if I interpret the spirit of what Jesus is saying or what Paul is saying or whoever we're reading, if I interpret that and, and put it to work in my life, and I set a goal of doing Doing that at the beginning of the week, what does it look like at the end of the week when I do that? Like, do I succeed? Do I fail? Um, you know, does, does it work? Does it not work? Those are the things that I share with you during this. And the reason why I do this is because I'm a bivocational pastor. Uh, I work a full-time job outside of the church, which a lot of people look at and go, oh, you must be a failed pastor. Well, actually, we have a really cool, uh, thriving, growing church right now. Um, but this is what I'm choosing to do uh, for this period of my life. It's not something that I saw myself doing a long time ago, uh, but it's something that I do um, because I really do want to live out my faith in the real world. And I want to see what that's like. I don't want to just be a pastor who lives his life inside of the church. That was what the first 15 years of my ministry looked like. I want to be a person who lives this out in the real world and is able to say, you know what, I'm doing this. Can can you guys do this along with me? What does it look like when we all live this way? And so that's the question that I've been asking as I go through what we're doing right now. And we've kind of started the second season of this podcast, if you will. And uh, the second season is based on a series that, that I'm going through uh, on Sunday mornings with the church called um, Out of Our Minds, where I'm just starting to ask the question, what if we take our faith out of our minds? And it's not just um, a faith of what we believe or what we know, but it's a faith of how we live and, and how we act and, and what is our action as we go out and we live this stuff out in the world. And that's that's what I'm trying to do. So um, this episode is different because this is not the beginning of the week that I record this. This is actually the end of the week. And I kind of plotted this out uh, at, at the beginning, or I guess kind of at the end of last week, because I knew that this particular Sunday um, in church, I'm not going to be speaking. And I've been uh, basing these upon the scripture that I've been using as I speak on Sunday morning. And I go through living out that scripture in the week prior to um, my Sunday morning message. And I'm doing that differently this week because I'm not speaking. I'm not speaking because um, I, I have more than one job actually outside the church. I not only um, manage a golf course, but I also uh, coach the high school golf team. And this was our week of going to the state championship, which is pretty exciting that we get to go there. This is our second year of being able to go there. And had a great experience doing that. And a couple of people asked me, hey, on your drive over, because we had to drive all the way across the state, a couple people asked me, on your drive over, are you going to record the first half of the podcast? And um, I, I actually ended up not doing it because 
I wanted to use that time as time to kind of think, reflect, relax, listen to some music, listen to something that I've been wanting to to hear for a while, some podcasts I've been wanting to hear. And so I didn't use that um, time to record. Um, Rather, what I've done this week is I've kind of tracked a few thoughts, thoughts that have been thoughts over the last few weeks that um, I wanted to bring to you in a different way this week. So I'm going to talk you through a few of those thoughts um, today. And actually, right now, it's Saturday night. I'm on my way home from work. Yes, it has been a long day. I know you guys joke about the fact that I always share that on Saturday night. It's a long day. Um, You know, I had to deal with, and I did have to deal with intoxicated people on the golf course and um, it's just how it goes but um, let me share with you a couple things that are rattling around in my mind from living out this scripture because this is something that I really um, noticed a lot more over the last two weeks Um, I don't know or maybe the last three weeks to be uh, more specific um, needlessly more specific probably Um, over these last three weeks I've had the opportunity to have conversations about faith with people that I work with, whether it's at the golf course or with the golf team. Now, let me make this clear. I personally do not um, push, let me, let me uh, how, how would you say this? I am not out there trying to, desperately trying to start conversations. Um, yes, there are some times when I kind of throw out a little bit of a bone just to kind of see if what people react to. Um, but over the last few weeks, a few conversations have been started with me about faith. And um, they led me to have a thought that's actually a thought that um, kind of scares me and challenges me. And I, I just kind of want to bring you through this. Um, had a couple conversations about faith. Conversations that wound their way into faith. Um, where we got pretty deep into the concept of, of faith and into the concept of God or the concept of Jesus in some of these conversations. They're not ones that I plan to go into or that I plan to start. They were me responding to other people's conversation and never trying to push it. And, and I do want to make it clear, um, as I coach a high school golf team, I'm not out there trying to start conversations about Jesus. If people want to talk to me or want to ask me a question about it, I will answer it honestly and truthfully, and I won't do it um, to manipulate or to, you know, push on somebody. I'll do it to try to answer their question, like honestly answer their question. And I don't go further with it until they go further with it. So, so I'm not I'm not trying to do something that I shouldn't do. However, in these conversations, here's what I've noticed. Um, I had some great conversations about faith. And what I've noticed is that generally people who are not churched people, people who've grown up outside of it, um, they are increasingly, as, as I talk to people, I'm starting to realize how, how far people are from committing to Jesus or committing to church. Um, they're far away from it. And, and why are they far away from it? Well, exactly for the reason why you might think. Um, uh, Jesus needs new PR. Christians need new PR. Um, what people hear out in the world and what they experience about faith, 
from Christians, and I want to make this clear, this is not from the media's perception of Christian. This is from Christians and what they experience from Christians. Um, People do not have an attraction to faith generally because of what they experience from Christians. Uh, In fact, they've been um, in many ways repelled from faith because of what they've experienced from Christians. And I know that's not news to you as you're listening to this. At least if it is, I'm sorry to be the one to break it to you, but it shouldn't be news to you because that's, that's everywhere. People are really struggling with that. Here's what kind of scared me from this. Over these last couple weeks, I've realized I personally, if, if I didn't love Jesus so much and if I weren't at the place that I was in my life right now, uh, the place that I am in my life right now, I would be far away from becoming a Christian for the same reason. Um, because the things that I would see and experience when I'm not at church, I'm, just, I'm talking about when I'm, uh, when I'm away from church, I, I feel and experience and see things that would repel me away from ever wanting to go to church, ever wanting to learn more about church, ever wanting to learn more about Jesus or more about God from Christians. I would be very turned off from faith by most of the Christians I see out in the real world. Now, if you're hearing this and you're from my church and you're going, are you telling me that, that you don't know any nice Christians and you're, you're ripping on us as Christians? No, no, I'm not trying to roast you as Christians. In fact, I, I, the reason why I lo- part of the reason why I love Jesus so much is because of what I do experience from you, the, the ones that I know and love from church. I see what God is doing in your life, and I love that. However, I don't work around any of you. I work a full-time job plus another job um, out away from you. And unfortunately, outside of you, when I work out there, I don't know Christians who would have propelled me towards faith. I know many Christians. I know many people who've even tried to evangelize me not knowing I'm a Christian. People have tried to talk to me about faith. And I've let them do this at times. And, and I've got to tell you, what they've shared with me about faith is mostly either fear-mongering or it's a kind of faith that, that preys on your own like personal desires and greed and how God's going to give you all those things if you somehow become a Christian. It's not the stuff I read in the Bible. And both of those things would turn me off from faith and, and certainly would. And they are turning other people off from faith. And I, I'm experiencing this more and more because even though I have these conversations with people about Jesus, I start to realize they're far, far away from wanting to commit to Jesus because of what they know from other Christians. And I, I do hope that they see in my life that, um, that I care for them and that I love them and that I'm trying to treat them in a different way and that I'm motivated by something hopefully that's different than what many other people in their life are motivated by. I, I think they see that, but because I'm, I'm an exception to what they see as a very big rule, I, I think they think, oh, that's cool that Mike's like that, but most that I know are not. And so they're repelled by it. And what concerns me about this is, in my five years of working full-time outside the church, when I'm not at church and when I'm not around my church friends, I've got to tell you, there is nothing significant that I've experienced. And this is what horrifies me. 
there's nothing that significant that I've experienced from Christians or that I've experienced outside of the church realm as I work out in the real world that would give me any interest whatsoever in making a commitment to Jesus or going to church or learning more about that. That scares me in an unbelievable way. And the more I think about it, the more I I start to understand, okay, the only thing that would cause me to do that is a Christian who's living sacrificially, a Christian who's who's loving others, who's truly loving others without like something to be gained from it for themselves. And I got to tell you, in my time outside of, of church, working in the real world, even though I've been around many people who I know call themselves Christians, I have yet to run into somebody who it strikes me that they are living a faith where they are actively loving people and sacrificing for people, that they're doing anything out of the normal. And that worries me because I really truly believe for somebody to make a commitment to Jesus, they're going to have to run into somebody who's living somewhat like Jesus, who's loving somewhat like Jesus, who's in some way, shape, or form a reflection of Jesus. And I am not finding that out in the real world, and neither are other people. And I've got to tell you, as, as I'm trying to be a witness to people that I'm around on a consistent basis, I'm starting to realize that one person isn't necessarily enough. One person who's trying to do this isn't always enough. And um, what, what I'm starting to learn is it really needs to take, it needs to be more than that. It needs to be not just a Christian who's loving others and living sacrificially. It needs to be somebody who's loving others, living sacrificially, and like a, a Christian community around that that's somehow compelling and interesting. But how are they ever going to get into that compelling, interesting Christian environment, community? How are they ever going to get there? And that scares me. It challenges me. It challenges me because right now I'm, I'm seeing so many people who call themselves Christians. And I'll tell you, I know a teenager who calls herself a Christian and outwardly talks about Jesus. But like... A lot of her faith is wrapped around, like, politics. Or a lot of her faith is wrapped around, like, what she's against and what she doesn't like. And not necessarily what she's for. And that's, you guys, that that worries me. That that's, that's where a Christian teenager is. You, you understand? That that worries me. That that's, that's what other people are experiencing from, from Christ. And that's what growing Christian kids are starting to live like because of what they see in their parents. That worries me. And as I've been trying to live out and think through, you know, this thought in Colossians chapter 3 about what we clothe ourselves with and what we're trying to um, rid ourselves of, I got to tell you, you know, there needs to be more people who are clothing themselves with, you know, as Scripture says, compassion and kindness and humility and, 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 and gentleness. And then, of course, beyond that, it says, you know, forgiveness and then love, you know. There's, there's few people who it seems like are, are making a, a consistent like effort to do that in a significant way. And that worries me and scares me. And so um, I hate to scare you with the first thing in this podcast, but, but you guys, if, if we're trying to be about the kingdom and we're trying to love people and we're trying to live this way, um, 
we've got to understand we're we're working uphill um, in this, and, and um, I don't know what the answer to it is because you know I'm I'm trying to live this way, and and I know it takes more than just a couple conversations, and and I get that, but. But when people are seeing so many other things, I just wonder right now, um, what is it that God's going to do in our world that's going to draw people more towards Him, or that's going to somehow um, somehow highlight the way that that some of you are trying to live in sacrificial and loving, kind, compassionate ways? What's God going to do in this world? What What's going to have to happen for people to see that and for people to respond to it? And um, that's that's just a thought that is rolling in my mind because, you know, what's what's going to happen? What's going to happen to your friends? What's going to happen to the people that you love? Um, so that that's a, a big thought that's been on my mind, and that's one that I definitely wanted to bring up as we're um, in this podcast today and as we're thinking it through. Um, so let me uh, let me kind of respond to a question because I did say that I would be doing that in um, in the course of this podcast. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause this recording and I'm going to restart it so I have more time in this recording. I use a very limited podcast recording program. So hang on just a sec. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Sorry for the pause there, but I just want to make sure I had enough time to record uh, the rest of this thought, the thought that I'll start. Part, part of the podcast, one of the segments that we do regularly is I ask for your uh, questions because I like to respond to a question every week. And I did receive a question this week. It was in the form of a verbal question, so I don't have one to read to you. Um, but if you would like to submit a question for me to respond to, and notice I say respond and not necessarily answer... Um, email your question to mypursuit at outlook.com. I would love to respond to anything that you have to ask. Um, I can't think of anything that I wouldn't want to respond to. So send me a question, even if it's a question you think I wouldn't want to respond to. We'll see how I respond to it. We'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, responding to a question that was asked to me verbally last Sunday. It was after church. It was from a friend. And uh, here was your question. And again, I will not uh, state this perfectly because it wasn't written down, but... Um, Here's the question, at least the gist of it. She asked me, um, okay, she was reading an article. Um, I, I don't know if it's art. No, I think actually she heard it. I'm sorry. I think she heard it on the radio. Um, she heard a conversation that was being had on the radio about a, uh, I believe it was a professor at like a, a big school like Stanford or something, um, who was doing some research on um, on religion and basically came out and said that at the end of his study, he concluded that people have, um, a, uh, a, a predisposition in their mind, uh, that that's there for them to believe in God, that somehow we are wired to believe in God. Somehow we have a, um, psychological or a physiological need we're wired up to need to believe in God and she said how, how would you respond to that and she, she asked kind of at first in kind of a broad way so I'll kind of give the broad response and then I'll kind of narrow it down here um, my response is obviously I don't know like right like I, I, I can't tell you what's physiologically I'm, I'm no um, psychoanalyst 
and no um, physiologist where I could say, you know, biologically, here's what I can prove about the brain. Um, however, I could say that it wouldn't hurt my faith if I knew that that was true. Not that I know that there's necessarily a way to prove it or disprove it. It wouldn't hurt my faith to know that it's true. And I know that a, a professor or somebody, uh, an atheist, might use that in order to say, see, like, people believe in God because they think that they have to. And, like, I'm a higher evolution because I don't believe in God because I've gotten over my psychological or physio- physiological predisposition to need to believe in God. And I've actually become more reasonable than what, you know, I, I need to be. I've kind of gotten past this animal instinct of needing to believe in God. And, and uh, you know, I've, I'm, I'm past that. I could see how somebody would argue that. And, and I could see how that's even kind of a compelling thought for, for an atheist. Um, but I'll tell you this. As a Christian, if I found out that we are somehow pre-wired to believe in God... I would say, cool, that's fine. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm glad to hear it, and I'm fine to know that we are, um, because I, I, I would have to say, you know, why wouldn't God want that in us if he created us? Why wouldn't he create us with some sort of need? Um, and sorry to quote what might be kind of a, um, I don't know, cliche by now, Christian cliche, but why wouldn't he create us with some sort of God-shaped hole in our life and in our mind, something that needed to be filled with that thought about God? Now, let me let me say this, okay? God, many times for Christians, becomes, I think, too easy of an answer and too cliche um, for, for many Christians. Becomes kind of the you know, why did that happen? Oh, because God wanted it to happen. Why are you that way? Oh, because God made me this way. I, I think that a lot of people go to that place because it's easier than really kind of thinking about stuff. And I suppose that that's maybe what that researcher or what an atheist could do with, with that thought is to say, it's because we're being kind of dumb. Because we're dumbing things down, God has to be the answer to everything. And I I get that as well. But I'll tell you this. The more I think about God, and the more I think about it from, you know, like I was saying earlier in the podcast, from kind of an outside perspective, an outside of the church perspective, the more I see um, how reasonable the God that I hope we believe in, the God that I believe that I'm teaching about, um, how reasonable I, I think that belief in that God is. That I, I think it's very reasonable to believe that all of what we experience on this earth is not like just happening by accident. It wasn't just some like crazy big bang that just happened to happen, and oh my goodness, here it is. Um, I I could believe it's not an accident, and that's reasonable to me. It's reasonable to me to believe that if there is a God, which I think it's reasonable to believe that there is one, that if there is a God, that it would be a God who created us with free will because he didn't want us to, for- to force us into a relationship with him. Rather, he'd want us to choose him. And if a God wanted us to choose him, wouldn't he want us to choose him because we know him, not because we're, not because we're scared not to choose him, not because we're being bribed into it because of all he's going to give us, 
perhaps it would be the most reasonable thing for God to to display exactly who he is by coming here and living among us. And if he truly does love us and wants us to choose him because of our love for him, why wouldn't he demonstrate us that that for us in the most sacrificial way, which is what scripture teaches? That to me is a very coherent thought. Um, it's a cohesive thought. It, it, it hangs on to the thought in front of it, right? It, it grips on to that. It, it goes together with what might be right and with what scripture says. That makes sense to me. And um, I, I think it would make sense to anybody who hears it and reasons it out. I think there's a lot of people who don't want to hear it, don't want to reason with it. And I think there's a lot of people who, I don't know, want, or, or at least because of what they believe, they, they, they've never like actually thought critically about what they've heard before. And um, when they critically think about what they have heard, um, what they have heard about God is that God is a God of fear and, and that God is a God of, that, that wants you to follow him because of like all the good stuff you get out of it. And they see through that and they go, that's kind of a God who's preying on my greed and, and doesn't seem right to me. I, I could see how somebody might say um, that's a God that's somewhat illogical and unreasonable. And, and I would get that, and I'd actually kind of believe in it. So, like, a neuro, you know, theologist, I guess is what they're called, um, a person like that, I, I can get into that thought, and it doesn't, it doesn't ruin my faith to think about um, our, our need or that God-shaped hole inside of us. Um, but that led to another question in the conversation, which I thought, I've, I've been thinking a lot about this week, and it's the question of um, altruism, because a lot of people say that, okay, what would prove God is if people could live outside of themselves, that if, if people could do actual altruistic things, sacrificial things um, that aren't for ourselves. If, if we could really live for something else, maybe that would cause more people to believe in God. And, um, and the question was, is there a such thing as altruism? Is there a such thing as somebody who actually does something good for somebody else without any desire to get anything back for themselves. And um, I've, I've been thinking about that thought a lot this week. And I've got to tell you, there are very few um, acts, actions that I've heard of or that I've experienced that, that I even think could be altruistic, like actual sacrificial loving acts with no desire to get anything for, for yourself. Um, I have not seen a whole lot of that. And, um, and that's an interesting thought because there, there really isn't a whole lot of that. And, um, in, in fact, you know, like as much as we talk about the perfect thing that Jesus did for us on the cross and we say that that was, you know, that perfectly demonstrates love, was that truly altruistic? Was, was that truly, um, in, in, you know, for, for us and not for God. And, you know, because you could obviously say God gets something out of it. He gets us to understand who he is and and he gets us to, to love him because we recognize his love for us. Um, it's an interesting question and one that I've been thinking about a lot this week in that I've been wondering, you know, if there is no such thing as true altruism, you know, a person who does something 
completely out of kindness and completely out of compassion and not at all for our own selves. If there's not such a thing as that, then then what is God calling us to when he calls us to live sacrificially and loving? And and the only thing that I, I can say to that is that he calls us to get as close to that as we can. That the more we can get away from doing things for our own benefit and the more that we can get about thinking about um, others, the more that we can be about those things, um, the more our actions become in tune with who God is. And I think it's important to think through that because, um, you know, we might look at it and say, there's no way that I can do this without any any thought or need or of recognition. There's no, I, maybe I shouldn't do it because, you know, I still crave recognition in doing it. I, I would say don't shy away from actions of loving others because you might get something out of it. Um, go towards it and, and go towards it because, you know, it's, it's closer to altruism and, and is closer to doing something truly sacrificial than not doing it actually is. Does that make sense? The, the more we love others and the more we sacrifice for others, the, the better that it is. Even if it's not truly, completely, 100% altruistic, the more we work toward that and the more we try to see what that actually is, um, the more, um, the, the more um, we kind of find out who God is calling us to be. And, and so, I don't know, maybe that's kind of a bumbling thought there and it's makes more sense in my brain than what it made coming out of my mouth just now but a lot of things are like that so um, so a- anyway I, I think um, you know trying to think through in any circumstance what is the greatest good that I can do in this place what is the least selfish and the most loving thing that I can do in this place is, is something that really would benefit all of us um, so that kind of answers the, the questions that I had and um, the questions that were asked of me and, and probably goes beyond, you know, respond. It doesn't answer them. I'm sorry. It responds to them. Um, that certainly is in no way, shape or form a full answer to that, but it's at least a response to that. But, but anyway, I, I want to, um, encourage you this week, um, as you listen to this. And again, I apologize for last week's episode taking a little bit to, to get posted because I was out of town and I didn't bring my laptop with me and I didn't have the ability to, um, to edit it. But, um, I want to encourage you this week to continue to think through those thoughts in, in uh, uh, Colossians chapter 3, where Paul is talking about setting our mind on heavenly things instead of earthly things. And what that really means is trying to rid our minds of, of the things that bring us toward, you know, and I mean, he had a whole long list of them, you know, whether it's anger or rage, you know, whether it's other things like lust and greed and selfishness, how we can get our mind away from those things and how we can clothe ourselves is what he says. And, and I love that thought, clothing ourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and, and gentleness and clothing ourselves with those things um, just seems like such a powerful thought. And, and I want to encourage you to keep doing that and keep thinking about how we can do that in front of others. In fact, the conversations that um, I was sharing about at the beginning of this podcast, those have come from me um, trying to do those things a little bit more. And um, not always perfect to do in them, but um, I do know that some co- some of those conversations have actually come from um, you know people noticing you know Mike you do things a little bit differently you talk a little different you you live a little different you know I had a kid on the golf team say Mike you're the only coach that I've ever had in my life who doesn't swear <laughs> um, why don't you swear 
and is, is it just because you're a pastor you don't swear because you know she knows I'm a pastor I, I was able to say you know what no like I, I just don't I you know when I work at the golf course I don't swear and it's not just because I'm I'm a pastor just because of a conviction you know and it kind of comes back you know for me to Colossians chapter 3 um, to kind of rid myself of things like that um, because of what they introduce into other people's minds and because of what's in my mind that would bring me to do those things so so anyway I want to encourage you to go further there there's, there's more conversations to be had the more you try to live these things out and I want to encourage you to do that so anyway next week we'll be back on track back on schedule back in Colossians we'll be going through the end of Colossians chapter well the I guess it's maybe the last third I don't know how many verses it is um the last part of Colossians chapter 3 and into the beginning of Colossians chapter 4 and uh, we'll be doing that together and that's that'll be fun and exciting for us so anyway um thank you again for listening to this if you have uh questions that you'd like me to respond to I would love to see them please send them to my pursuit at outlook.com um I'd really enjoy to get more into those but uh once again I'm just thankful for you guys and hope you have a great week I look forward to seeing you soon. We'll talk to you guys uh, again next week.